sometimes you'll try you'll understand something as one thing and then the more you read about it maybe you'll change you'll get a different um understanding of it and i think it's definitely important for me to just stay open and be open try and not take it like as an obstacle but take it as an opportunity to maybe like even just rearrange your point of view and then create an article with that like it doesn't have to like be a stop it could just be like an opportunity to write something else you know hello Welcome to The Creative Process, where we will be delving into the journey of a McGill International Review article from conception to publication, and along the way, explore the processes of creativity and writing. My name is Andrew Way, and I am a podcaster for the McGill International Review. For the past few months, I have shadowed MIR writer Anissa Burgos as she researched, pitched, and developed her article on the Amazon warehouses being constructed in Tijuana, Mexico. In this podcast, you'll hear my conversations with Anissa as we discuss her article, how it has changed between drafts, reporting in general, and her process when it comes to writing. Anissa, how are you doing? Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me. I'm doing very well. How are you? I met Anissa at an MIR pitch meeting where she was giving her pitch on a story involving Amazon warehouses. So basically, uh, the idea that I pitched was writing an article um, on the Amazon warehouse in uh, Tijuana that was just built. So Tijuana is like a border city in between uh, US and Mexico, like right on the border. The images that circulated of this warehouse exemplified the stark inequality that was just, that, well, that could be observed in the world now. Um, mm-hmm. so basically you have like a huge brand new Amazon warehouse that's kind of like overlooking this shanty town. And yeah, I was just interested in in finding out more about it. So yeah, basically this article is just trying to understand like the broader context as well. I was instantly captivated by Anissa's story. The image of Amazon, a clear representation of American wealth, building this huge warehouse right next to a small underdeveloped Mexican town. I mean, that's just a situation that you can't help but feel drawn to learn more about. This image of inequality is also what drew Anissa to pursue this story. Well, as I I study political science and sociology at McGill, and I'm very interested in the idea of identity and inequality. And I've also been taking some classes that kind of uh, talk about um, development and globalization. Yeah, I'm just interested uh, in observing how basically globalization could be associated with uh, growing inequality in like both within countries and around the world. With her interest in inequality and globalization, Anissa was determined to research into this story and report on it for the McGill International Review. Writing an article for the MIR is a wonderfully collaborative process with an emphasis on feedback and growth. And this begins as early on as during the pitch meeting, immediately following a writer's pitch for their story. So basically, you did the pitch, and then we got feedback from the editors during the pitch meeting, and also from other writers, which was super nice. And that really helped me kind of steer my article in a specific way, because at the beginning, it was kind of broad. um, And now I kind of have a better idea of what I want to write about. And of course, being a fourth-year art student at McGill, Anissa is no stranger when it comes to writing without those midterm essays and whatnot. However, she recognizes that there are key distinctions between academic papers and journalistic reports. The way that I kind of like excel writing academic papers is making them like super lengthy and like very wordy 
and kind of like sometimes it's just too like overly repetitive writing like a, a journal article it's super different um yeah you really want to hook the reader in and you know kind of do away with all the fluff and then just get down to the juicy stuff with the need to get right to the juicy stuff and be so concise and direct an outline becomes incredibly important Anissa needs a focused direction for her reporting to take, and in fact, this is true for most writers in their creative or academic or journalistic endeavors. Creating an outline before putting pen to paper or letters onto a Google Doc can help both strengthen the clarity of your writing as well as steer you away from superfluous distractions. But creating an outline is not always easy. And I always find the introduction and the conclusion to be like the hardest part. So for me, anyway, it might be different for other people, but I think I start by thinking of what I'm going to put in the main body. And then I finish by doing like the introduction and the conclusion afterwards. But this is an outline. It's still like very preliminary. Um, I still like, there's still some stuff that I'm like unsure of when I, when I hand in in the outline. And that's why it's really nice to have like an editor give you some feedback. So what specifically does Anissa's outline for her article look like? Well, I'm going to have an introduction, then a main body, and then a conclusion. And in the main body, I think I'll try and separate it in three paragraphs. In the first part of the paragraph, I think I'm going to start, sorry, first part of the uh, main body of the article, I would like to think to talk about how the the people living in this shanty town, which is actually called Colonia Nueva Esperanza, are feeling about um, the construction of the plant. And then in the second paragraph, I, I want to see if I'll be able to like contrast how the residents feel about the plant and what the actual conditions working inside the plant will be like. And then the third paragraph, um, I think I'll just be interested in like kind of relating it to contexts of like globalization. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, that to me, it sounds like that's a great outline for an engaging and interesting story. And like, we'll see kind of, you know, if you stick to that outline the next time we check in or maybe everything's different. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident it's going to change. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see. But I think that's like one of the more interesting parts of like our podcast together and our calls together is that that might be the plan now, but like maybe next time you have like a completely different outline that or it's some great idea came to you to make it even better. So we'll check in with you over time and see kind of how your outline of the article shifts and evolves going forward. And we'll see if it does. But in the meantime, Anissa's got some more research to do. But yeah, so right now I'm still reading articles and I'm reading um, some testimonies uh, that were posted uh, in like local newspapers like the San Diego Sun. And these articles have like firsthand testimonies of residents that live there. So yeah, I'm, I'm, right now I think I'm focusing on uh, the first paragraph of, uh, of the article. So basically trying to get an understanding of how the residents feel about the Amazon plant. And then later today, I think I'm going to start thinking about uh, looking at like broader um, workplace violations that were flagged in regards to like Amazon and their their labor practices and stuff like that. Sometimes you'll try you'll understand something as one thing, and then the more you read about it, maybe you'll change you'll get a different um, understanding of it. And I think it's also uh, useful to keep doing a bit of research on the side, especially for me.
um, just like just stay open to different um, understandings or maybe different angles and maybe try and arrange that I integrate them into my article. Do you have any maybe advice for people who are kind of doing research for writing their articles and then maybe realizing uh, that the, the like the research is helping them realize that perhaps their initial perspective is not kind of aligned with their article that they're writing? I mean, that's a huge question, and I don't know if I'm the best place to answer that, considering that I'm, I'm a huge beginner at, um, at all this. But yeah, I think it's definitely important for me um, to just stay open and be open to kind of changing perspectives and criticism, obviously. So just to like stay open, be open-minded, and try and not take it like as an obstacle, but take it as an opportunity to maybe like even just rearrange your point of view and then create an article with that like it doesn't have to like be a stop it could just be like an opportunity to write something else you know this practice that anisa describes is a really great trait to have for all creatives out there it can be so transformative to see the research process as an invitation to grow and challenge the perspectives you held previously and while anisa embarks on this research journey she has already identified areas that challenge the article she first envisioned writing. One of the big challenges of my article is that since I'm interested in like the testimonies of the people that live in uh, la, the Colonia Nueva Esperanza, um, but I, I don't actually have like the resources to interview them. Um, that's definitely a bit tricky. And also since it's a very, very new like installment, like it was just finished I think at the beginning of like September 2021 so there's still like isn't that much information about what's actually going on like inside the plant the idea that like building on the idea that it might be hard for for the workers in this in this Amazon plant without having like that much information at hand I think will be a bit tricky but I think uh, like the articles that I have at hand will will do enough hopefully (laughs) Both the recency of this article and the lack of first-hand accounts are sure to make Anissa's reporting more difficult. But that's also what makes this story such an interesting and exciting investigative article. We'll see how she chooses to overcome these challenges. Thank you so much for coming on this call with me. Thank you for having me. It was super sweet. I can't wait to see how it turns out. Yeah. I checked in with Anissa again a week later, right around when she was submitting her first draft, and a lot has changed since her first call. The outline that she previously described for us had been transformed significantly, and while yes, this was in part to accommodate for some of the challenges that she anticipated, chiefly the lack of first-hand accounts and timely credible sources, but also, Anissa began changing the focus of her article because of a change in what she was interested in reporting on. I realized that it might be interesting to give a bit more context about um, why the plant was built on the border of um, Mexico in the United States. And in that process, uh, I kind of realized that it might also be interesting to talk about the more like um, economic side of it. So I spent a bit more time in my article discussing like the uh, North American Free Trade Agreement and the clause that made it be beneficial for Amazon to build this plant at the border. A little bit less time discussing um, how the residents of uh, uh, Colonia Esperanza feel like and just a bit more time on the economic aspect of it that's super interesting that like 
now you've kind of shifted the focus of the article from more of like the social side of the impact to more economical. Um, what was the decision-making process like for you to make this change? Yeah, so basically it just kind of happened as I was writing it. I was just realizing that like, I think um, I can have like more juice if I kind of went in that direction instead of the other one. Uh, and also it's a bit hard for me to kind of focus all my attention on how the residents might feel because it's such a recent plant. And also I don't have the capacity to interview them firsthand. So it's all kind of like, second account from like um, newspaper articles that I would be reading. So I think it's less, a bit less interesting if I did it, if, if I chose to focus it on that rather than kind of focus on information that I have that I could get like firsthand. Mm, yeah, for sure. And I know that a lot of writers, me included, uh, feel kind of unsure when changing like our writing direction from the initial plan. Like for example, me personally, I am a person who is very big on like planning everything out. I'm always a bit more like anxious when I have to change things from the original plan. Would you say you're someone like that as well? Or do you think usually when you as a writer feel the need to change something, you are just able to kind of go with the flow and be okay with not having the exact article that you envisioned in the beginning? Yeah, I think I'm pretty much like you in that respect. Um... Well, I'm, I'm like you, but also at the same time, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not like that organized either. So it's definitely a, a funny like combination. So I think definitely I welcome changes with open arms for sure. Um, and I think I just welcome anything that works best. So, I mean, yeah, if ever my outline were to ever work out, that'd be fantastic. But most of the times I always kind of find things here and there that don't really work out that well. So yeah, I always make little last minute um, changes. <laughs> now that Anissa submitted her draft to the editing team, you may be wondering what kind of feedback she will receive. Well, let's jump forward another week and see what her editors thought of the first draft. Along the lines of the feedback that you received, I just want to kind of delve into that. So can you just go over what were some of the feedback that you got from your editors? Yeah, so basically just making the writing more concise. Uh, it sounds pretty broad, but yeah, just making sure that like I'm not adding too much fluff to the sentences and that the sentences are able to kind of grasp the attention of the reader and just kind of go straight to the point. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much the bulk of it, I think. And how did you use that feedback and incorporate it into revising your article? Yeah, well, uh, I got... Uh, I'm lucky I have a really good editor and I had the help of the editor and trying to, you know, I got, um, um, they, they, he, he kind of proposed different ways I could formulate the sentences. So that was definitely nice to have the input of someone else. Um, yeah. And I think this is the first time also that I kind of have someone editing the writing that I did. So in that sense, it's super interesting to see, um, I'm just like really improving I find in, in, and I'm really pinpointing on things that I wouldn't necessarily um, figured out myself. Honestly, it, it was really smooth. Um, well, especially for me, I don't know about the editor too much, but as a writer, it was very smooth. Um, we had enough time uh, to, you know, really um, get our ideas going, write it down on paper. And, and then I found it really nice that we had kind of two revisions of the draft. So that the first one is kind of like preliminary um, and then I could like rewrite it again. Um, and then after get that second revision and then kind of like be like, okay, this is what it's gonna be looking like for now. 
It sounds like Anissa had a really great experience with her editing team and the feedback process. That's awesome, because feedback is not always easy. I myself, admittedly, am not great with constructive criticism. It can be hard hearing others criticize your work, especially if it's something you put a lot of passion and time into. Well, yes, the constructive feedback is typically coming from a place that wants you to improve and grow, it can still sting. I admit that, and it's definitely something that I'm working on. Anissa also has a sort of distant and detached relationship with constructive criticism, but writing with the MIR is helping her strengthen that relationship. So basically, this is my fourth year at McGill, and I never really took the initiative to actually get my essays um, like edited before submitting them. Um, so whenever I did get constructive criticism, it was always, um, you know, on the behalf of uh, my TA after I had already submitted the piece. So I think in that way, there might have been like a detachment because I was like, oh, well, I mean, I already submitted it. Um, it's good to know, but I can't really do many changes. But in this context, it's a bit different because I actually think it's really important to like welcome, um, you know, the constructiveness of of. And it's not even necessarily criticism. It's just kind of, they're just kind of helping you out and putting you on the right path, you know? And it's also good to take, um, to be aware that like the way that you see things might not always be very clear. Like I definitely know that from like writing essays, like I think I'll be writing something that's like super clear and that everyone will be able to understand. And then I'll submit the essay and then my TA is like, yeah, this makes zero sense. And your argument is like not strong at all, you know? So in that sense, I think it's it's nice. For sure. And I can definitely relate to you in that kind of like, um, like the difference in like thinking, oh, this is like, sounds awesome. Everyone's going to understand it. And then that disconnect of like no one else having any idea what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> so do you think after this experience and writing this article, do you think you're going to seek out feedback going forward for your academics and personal writing? Honestly, I really think it would be beneficial for sure. Yeah, constructive criticism can sometimes sting a bit. But yeah, I think it's all part of the game, isn't it? All that's left for Anissa to do now is revise her article and incorporate the constructive feedback from her editors into the third slash final draft. First draft is like pretty preliminary. And then the second draft really going to be trying to like hone in and make it almost ready to go, like ready to be published. And then by the third draft, I think it should be definitely like my editor should be like, all right, this is ready to go. I'll have my images ready and all that. The third draft is what directly precedes publication. Once Anissa submits her final draft, the article is essentially complete. So the next time we hear from Anissa will be after she has turned in her final draft and this Amazon Warehouse article that we've been following for so long will have reached publication. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me once again. I'm feeling good. How are you? I'm feeling good as well. Thank Anissa is feeling pretty fantastic about her article for the McGill International Review finally being published. It's definitely super cool. I mean, I kind of, you know, have been reading articles on the McGill International Review page for like a really long time now. And I've had some friends work for the journal as well. So it's kind of super, it's kind of cool for me to just be able to contribute um, and have something posted on there as well. It feels good and I'm, I'm really happy that I was able to have like the support of the MRO team and also my editor was really amazing. So yeah, it's definitely a team effort and I'm super happy that it came through. Certainly a lot has changed about Anissa's article over time. 
And we know this from having followed alongside her since the pitch meeting. I definitely didn't think I was going to be spending or, or paying that much attention to basically like trading clauses and, and the economics aspect of it. I thought I was going to be spending a little bit more time on, you know, kind of giving a historical context or just contextualizing it more generally within the context of, of globalization today. What has stayed consistent, though, throughout the multiple drafts is Anissa's curiosity and determination to report on this story. Her open-mindedness during the research process and willingness to adapt allowed her to write what is best for the story, not just what will rigidly stick with the initial outline. It was really interesting for me to kind of go into the economic side of, of the article. I did some research and, and looked into uh, why economically it was beneficial for Amazon to have um, the plant situated where it is situated. Uh, I didn't really know that my article was going to take that direction. I thought I was going to be focusing a little bit more on like the social science, like humanist side of it. And yeah, that was really interesting for me because I, I didn't really know about that. Perhaps there's even a lesson to be learned from Anissa's pivot from strictly focusing on the humanitarian aspects to also covering the economic ramifications of these Amazon warehouses. I think it's kind of illustrative about kind of how interdisciplinary, like kind of everything becomes when you look at it a little bit more closely. You realize that everything is so like intertwined with, with one another. Nothing is, you know, strictly humanitarian or like strictly economical. They all kind of blend together and be together. And that's just the beauty of uh, what we write about here and what your article's about at the uh, McGill International Review. Finally, Anissa believes that the skills she learned from this entire publication journey will carry forward to her future writing endeavors. If there's one thing that, you know, the editors were kind of looking for is making sure that I'm giving the reader what he wants and what the reader deserves, which is like straightforward information without too much fluff. I have a tendency to write in a passive voice and that's not really what's best in, in journalism or a journalistic writing rather. So yeah, I think in the next, in this next cycle, I'm gonna be making sure that like, I'm not writing like lengthy sentences too much, hopefully. And that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to convey the point to the reader as best as possible and as directly as possible. I think we've learned a lot from following Anissa along her creative journey with this MIR article. We've discussed the importance of having an initial outline, as well as being open to changing that outline as we continue to develop the project. Nisa talked about how she has responded to challenges in the research phase of this article, and how challenges to our initial plans or perspectives are exactly why we do the research in the first place. Finally, we explained our personal relationships with constructive criticism and why having a healthy relationship with feedback can do wonders as a writer. When I asked Anissa for her overall thoughts on the MIR process, here's what she had to say. Yeah, I think it's honestly uh, a really good process. Really appreciate the inputs that, um, and the corrections that were given and provided by both Tim, like who's the head editor of, of the team I'm in, and then Rory, who's my editor, um, and that like, follow me throughout the writing um, cycle. Be sure to check out Anissa's article, which is available to read on the MIR website. It is titled, Amazon in Tijuana, A Cause for Concern. If they want to read my article, hopefully it'll give them kind of like um, an insight as to just another example of, um, you know, 
capitalist globalization today and what's going on in the world and you know just the plight of, of workers and you know the overexploitation of global south workers to benefit global north work uh, global north consumption I want to congratulate Anissa on a fantastic article for the McGill International Review and thank everyone who listened to this podcast. I hope that following Anissa's creative journey has taught you something about being a writer or a creative. It certainly has taught me a lot. My name is Andrew Wei and that has been The Creative Process. A big thank you to everyone that helped me, you know, uh, publish the article. I really appreciate all your insights.